Hello friends, you are listening to Worst Show Ever. I am in Missoula, Montana. Just arrived. Uh, I'm here with my friend Jessica Catron. Uh, we are in her home. She has a very old and very affectionate kitty. You told me he wasn't affectionate, but he he's he just jumped in my lap. He's into it. His name's Henry or Mao. Is he going to chime in? Maybe. He might let us know what he thinks about things. Um, let's see. Jessica, we've known each other a pretty long time. I'm trying to remember when we met. Do you have any idea? I'm going to guess like maybe around 2005. And it was at uh, California World, World Fest, Fest yeah. in Grass Valley. And who you, who are you touring with? Voco. Voco. Yeah. Okay. You were living in LA at the time. Yep. And I just got into town... Um, like less than an hour ago. Oh. I wow. just, just drove from Billings. Playing a show here tomorrow. I asked Jessica, hey, do you have a story for me? And she said she had a, a zinger of a story. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> I've, I've just had some, yeah, I've, I have a few good memories. But, yeah, there's one that stands out in particular. Okay. So should I just launch I'd, into I'd it? I'd love okay. to hear it. Yeah. Um, so this particular gig, I'm a cellist. And this happened... Um, when I was in school, um, I was going to Cal Arts, California Institute of the Arts, in LA, and for cello uh, performance. Yeah, for cello, cool. and um, I so I was just like hanging out at my house, and um, I can't remember if it was like I was there for three years, and um, I want to say maybe it was in my second year, but my phone rings while I'm hanging out at home, and it's Florence Henderson. Okay. Um, of the Brady Bunch. Okay. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. And she, you know, she's like, hi, you this Florence Henderson. I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know? And she's like, so I'm, I'm looking for a cellist um, to play for my good friend's birthday party. Okay. You know, and... Um, <laughs> wait, wait a minute. Did you... <laughs> That's so weird. Did, I don't understand. What happened? What, yeah. I mean, I'll let you keep going. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, she's, she, I'm talking to her on the phone, and, and she's, you know, she's like a, kind of an old lady, and she says, yeah, um, my friend Brian, I think his name is Brian, uh, he's having a birthday. Um, he happens to be married to Carol Burnett, who's a good friend of mine, Um who I, as you know, a kid knew her as Miss Hannigan from Annie. Yeah. Um, so she and her husband will be having dinner at the Bel Air Hotel, and um, his two favorite instruments are cello and alto saxophone. So can you like get a friend who plays saxophone, and maybe you guys can like put a little thing together, like a little singing telegram? <laughs> okay. I said, sure, yeah, sure, I could do that. Wait, I just, the part, I don't want to ruin it if you're getting to this, but do you have any idea why she, how she got your number or why? I think just through CalArts. Yeah, she, she, she like called, called them the and she's like, yeah, and... I'm looking for a cellist. And they're like, okay, well. We have, a, we have cellists, yeah, so sure. Yeah. Okay. So that's how she got my number, pretty sure. Yeah. Los Angeles life, I guess. Right. <laughs> So I called up my friend Beth Shank. I'm not sure if you know her, but um, mm. you may have met somewhere along the line. Oh, that sounds super um, familiar. Does she play in a group? Um, she Mostly runs a lot of her own groups. Um, creative musician. Okay. Uh, she lives in the Bay Area right now, but she spent some time in New York and 
small stint in Boise, Idaho, but okay. um, really great musician. Okay. Um, but we and were alto, at, at alto saxist. Yeah, and we were in school together yeah. at the time, so I just called her up. I'm like, all right, we hang out a lot. We've never played music together, being cello and saxophone doesn't really happen as <laughs> a typical duo. But so Florence Henderson has made three requests, and that's the theme song to Annie. Um, <laughs> Wait, that's so weird. <laughs> Florence Henderson is it? She thinks that. Brian, no, she thinks his name is Brian. I think his name, no, I think saying, his name okay. is Brian. I'm, I thought I'm you were saying to remember, like, Florence it's, it's was like, I have a friend, It's. I think his name is Brian. No, she, I mean, okay, I'm she, saying in my you, shoddy memory, I think, it, I sure. mean, it's whoever Carol Burnett's husband is. Okay. I, I seem to remember his name being Brian, but I don't, it's not Burnett, it's something else. Okay. Um. So, you know, he theme likes song? these songs, theme song from Annie, Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head. And all the things you are. Okay. Just like a jazz standard. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, sure. I can figure that out. You know, never played any of those tunes, but I, I let Beth know, and you know, she, she knows more or less all the tunes. So we, we kind of like came up with a little arrangement of all of these, and the idea was that we go to the Bel Air Hotel, which is this like super ritzy, right? Fancy, you know, highfalutin restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I've never been there or anything, but <laughs> so, okay. A little side of the story is what she didn't tell me is that apparently he's a super great percussionist, uh, who often sits in with the LA Phil. Okay. Um, so I guess he knows his stuff with music and stuff. And I, I mean, I had no idea, but, um, I'm just thinking <laughs> we're going to be playing for Florence Henderson and Carol Burnett and like this guy she's married to, I don't know. But okay, we'll do it, sure. (laughs) So we get kind of dressed up, we have our little arrangements, you know. And I didn't like really envision like what really this would mean. And you know, I'm just like thinking it's gonna be funny and we'll just do it. Um, But (laughs) like, (laughs) so we get there and you know, it's like valet parking and like super, you know, like, you know, it's like a big deal. Like you show up there and I'm like, oh my God, you know wow, what are we about to do? Okay, so we just like park our car and, you know, walk in. And, oh, and they, and they were like, oh, well, you're, you're the musicians. Well, you should come through the, like, kitchen entrance yeah, or the, whatever. the servant's entrance. <laughs> right, like, basically. Right. <laughs> yeah, well, you definitely don't, like, go through the front door. So, you know, okay, so we, like, walk through the kitchen and all these, like, chefs are, like, making their meals. And, and I realized, wow, the restaurant's, like, really full. And, you know, oh, so they're, like, in the middle of the restaurant. And, like, oh, okay, so, like, people are going to, like, really listen to us. Like, <laughs> we're going to, like, like, walk out there and, like, sit down and, like, play these songs. And so, like, I mean, both of us are just looking at each other like, oh, my God, what, what are we doing here? Like, you know, we're going to honk away at these, like, silly songs on cello and saxophone. <laughs> You know, and I'm just going to like, I don't know. It was just like, suddenly I was like, why, why are we doing this? Why are we here? And they're like, okay, go for it. You know, so like I carry my little chair out there and like, you know, excuse me, like going now, through. Does the restaurant kind of have, have they sort of authorized this or like. Well, what was funny is like, yeah, I mean, everybody who was working there, it just seemed like they were kind of like, okay, you're going to do this. Okay. Just, I guess just go when they tell you like nobody really cared. 
Like okay. it, they were all busy. Like they're all right. working. Sure. So like we weren't getting any love or anything. It was just like, right. all right, you're here. You're gonna. But do you've this. been hired by Florence Henderson, not the Bel Air. Right, but they didn't care hotel. who it was. Right. right. Yeah. Correct. It right. was just like a personal right thing, and she wasn't there. Like I thought she oh. was gonna be there. So we walk out. She's not there. It's just, it's just Carol Burnett, her husband like two other people who have no idea who they are okay. sitting at this huge round table in the middle of the restaurant. The place is packed. <laughs> and like, <laughs> as we walk out, you know, I'm like carrying my cello and a chair for myself. Beth is with a chair and her saxophone. And like, we're like kind of like bumping through tables, like, excuse me, excuse me. And we get out there and like the whole restaurant goes quiet. <laughs> and and the guy whose birthday it's for literally like sets down his martini and he like sits back in his chair and he crosses his arm and goes, Oh, this should be good. <laughs> <What? it's> like... <laughs> That's so shitty. Wow. Yeah. Wait, so does he know that this is happening? No, it was like a surprise. Like Florence Florence Henderson had arranged this not so he doesn't know. No, it's okay. like a surprise, but he totally was just like smirk on his face, like, oh, Oh, this should be good. Great. All right. You know, and just like sat back, like, all right. <laughs> you know, and we're like, happy birthday from Flo. You know, little telegram. <laughs> okay. And we proceeded to play these three chintzy songs and. <laughs> With his arms crossed. Yeah, he totally had his arms crossed. Like the just whole judging, time. just like. Oh, and he was laughing. Like he was laughing. He thought it was hilarious. Okay. Not, not, and not in a, like a nice way. It was like, <laughs> I'm sorry. That's, that's, I, I hadn't considered that possibility that he would just be like laughing at you. Yeah, he was kind of laughing at us pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. And like, you know, yeah, my memory of it, I mean, we went through three songs and it like, I, yeah, I mean, I think I was just like in a daze the whole time. Like, what? I was so in my head the whole time, just like, what, what am I doing right now? Like, what is okay. happening? The choice of the song from Annie yeah. to the guy who's married to Carol is hilarious. I know. Like, I guess when you say it at the end, I'm like, oh, it is kind of a joke. Like, it is kind of more funny yeah. than anything else. But. Yeah. Like but it you wasn't guys present, not like really when she called me, she it. was like, I, I really want to do this for my friend. Right. You know, and it, so it wasn't like, he'll think this is hilarious. But right. it was like, you know, he really loves these songs. And, yeah. you know, these are his two favorite instruments. So I just thought I'd put it all together. Right. And like, we'll surprise him. But do you think Flo thought it was going to be funny? No, I think she thought he'd like really, my guess is that she, she was really like doing an earnest like. Okay thing like put putting this and, thing out that and she, he just, put, she created it <laughs> right. for him and he thought it was just he just was like fun, oh fun you know, what are you guys gonna give me right now and this is hilarious yeah. oh man yeah it oh. was pretty pretty condescending just like yeah that sort of attitude that <laughs> and like the whole restaurant like sat there and listened to us it was so quiet in there <laughs> and you know it was, it was just this like super you know that's excellent and you know I'm like walking baselines I don't know it was just it was really embarrassing and I remember like going back through the kitchen and you know and like we weren't allowed to stay or anything you know we like stood right outside the kitchen door and like both of us had our like backs against the 
the wall of the hotel and we were both just like looking at each other like oh my god what is, what was that like that was just so embarrassing and right. like you know like okay we're done right that's never gonna happen again <laughs> like, probably never gonna happen again yeah i'm gonna assume that florence henderson paid you yes. decently yeah. like probably it was yeah, like hey yeah. this will be weird we'll probably get some pretty good money out of this it was pretty uh, much a gig like that yeah, yeah. It's one of those kind of gigs. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I've ever had that kind of gig where, <laughs> where like a celebrity asks me to go play in front of another celebrity embarrassingly as they laugh yeah, at me. As they laugh at <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was... I once got asked by... He's, like, not somebody I know well, but he's, like, an acquaintance. He's a photographer, and he's, like, kind of doing pretty well as far as, like, someone, you know, making a living at being a photographer. But he once asked me to play for his wife for her birthday, like, in their living room. And that was weird. It was, like, just for her. It was really... And I didn't ask for money. It was, like, we were kind of buddies, so I'll, right. I'll just do this. Right. Um, but it was really awkward. <laughs> where I just was, like... I don't even know if she's into my music. And yeah. he's just like, play whatever, you know, or right. something. It wasn't like I didn't have to play Happy Birthday or anything. Right. But it was, yeah. It's just one of those awkward. moments, like, you find yourself in that moment, and you're like, I'm not sure I fully thought about this until I'm, like, right here, and this is happening. In this case, I thought about it, but it was just like, I didn't want to tell him no. Okay. Because I have a lot of respect for his work, and, like, we're kind of friends. And I was still kind of like whoa, I'm friends with this guy whose art I think is amazing. Yeah. Like, that's kind of cool. And so I didn't want to, I wasn't going to say no, but I, I didn't really want to do it. <laughs> but, you know, and I, I so I thought, it, I knew it was going to be awkward, but I was just like, yeah, it's awkward, but I, like, I'd rather say yes and just deal with awkward than say no mm -hmm. when, like, I kind of want this guy to be, like, my buddy. Right. <laughs> so I don't know. Fair enough. That was weird. Uh the places we can find ourselves. Yeah. So I'm curious. You said you, you might have a couple. Yeah. Well, the other one that kind of stands out for me that I was personally involved in, this is a very different style, but this was actually when I was in my undergrad. So I was quite a bit younger, maybe 19 or 20, and I was playing in a string quartet in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Okay. And um, You were living there? or I was, Yeah. Okay. I was living in Albuquerque. Yeah, and I was part of this like string quartet, which was like, Part of a scholarship that I was getting for the school and so you know we occasionally would do these like sort of community gigs and okay. um, we didn't play that often but uh, it was Valentine's Day one one time and they're like yeah you know it'd, it'd be really great to have a string quartet at a correctional facility um, and so we're like great sounds cool and so um, they're like, okay, well, you know, why don't you come out and play at this women's correctional facility in um, Gallup, New Mexico, mm. I believe. Yeah. And um, or it might have been Grants. They're both they're both okay. along that line, but I think it was Gallup. One's a little further than the other, but anyway, it's you know like an hour from Albuquerque, so we all get in our car, and you know, I mean, I was I was pretty young, and it was just one of those like. I didn't have a whole lot of performance experience, but I remember going in this, in this correctional facility and it was like pretty, um, hard with their security and stuff. Like we had to, we had to wear like a, you know, single colored, 
Uniform, suit, like yeah, and leave all our stuff, and like they were really specific about what you know. They looked through all our stands and stuff, and we had to like use minimal music and stuff. Okay. And all the women were in orange suits. Right. Um. And we were. I remember we had Haydn string quartets, and um, I just remember like playing Haydn, like with with this scene of like orange suits and a lot, and and it was Valentine's Day. And so a lot of the women were like hearing string quartet for possibly the first time ever um, in this classical setting, and um, like it became this very romantic thing. And like many of the women were like making out and hmm. like just like really getting amorous <laughs> around the whole thing. And you know, okay. and they were very close to us. And I remember just like you know, just like these college kids were just like playing hide and string quartets, which I never have thought of as romantic, <laughs> particularly, but like, like many women were like really being moved by this. And there was just a lot of like fondling and like cuddling and kissing. Huh. And, um, and it was just like really, uh, I don't know. I just wasn't expecting it. Well, so yeah, I, I did just, not think that it was going to go. I thought you were going to... You didn't gonna, think it was going to go there. Well, I right? thought you were going to, like, something dangerous happened, and you're like, oh, there was... No, no, it was, like, just the opposite. Like, all these women became very soft and tender with one another. Oh. And, and um, maybe not, full, you know, there was definitely, like, some hierarchy stuff going on, too. Like, some women just kind of grabbing other women, too. Was like There was, oh, a, like, right. a little bit of all of it, you know? And, okay. Um, and then there were, there were definitely people, like, trying to break it up and... You know, um, like the like the guards. Yeah, yeah, and then like... other women. You know, and just just like you know, just, I don't know. There was a little like infighting too. Just and like, you mean like that sort of like get a room kind of attitude? Yeah, or like, little, yeah. Hey, you guys, we all we're all here. We don't want to watch you guys make out or. Um. Uh, less less of that. More just like. Um, yeah, more like break it up. Like space. You know, keep your space. Um, yeah, more of just huh. like a like a. Um, like follow the rules kind okay. of thing. Okay, there's just like a rule in prison of not kissing in public. <laughs> yeah. I, I never or maybe not getting it. that close to each other or something. I don't know. I don't know. Huh. I don't know. I don't, it, you know, they didn't go over any rules with us. Or I mean, they probably oh. did, but I don't remember any rules about they, that. Did they tell you guys not to make out? They didn't say anything to us about that. And I was not expecting that. And none of us were. But it was just like, I just remember, you know, I was also really astounded by, for how high the security was going in, how close these women were to us. Like, they didn't actually have seats either. Or maybe that, actually, I take that back. There were some chairs and stuff. But, like, a lot of the women chose to stand very, very close to us. And so it's, you know, literally, I'm, like, almost bowing into someone's hip while she's like making out with this woman next to her, you know, and right. playing. I, it was just really, was, I don't know, really <laughs> unique. Yeah, no <laughs> I doubt. guess it's, it's kind of. The I'm curious. Like, wow. Did they like? Did you have to take your end pin out or anything like that? I mean, no. They were I checking didn't. you for weapons, but I guess. Yeah, that was. I mean, maybe pin, they didn't know you could do that, some that that was damage gonna, with I, an end totally. pin if you wanted to. Yeah. That was that. I don't remember that being an issue. Maybe they didn't yeah. know about it. It's or, very possible. Yeah. They're like, chill. It's made out of wood. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, but they were like, I remember them being like really looking at our stands, like our folding stands. You okay. Know, like really wanting to know like, you right, know, how many pieces there were and like what you know how how they worked. And Make sure. Because that was like the metal coming through. Or right. Whatever. Right. I don't know. Wow, I've never done anything like that either. How did you actually get involved in it? It, was um, just like it definitely wasn't. School. I mean, I I definitely didn't organize. So yeah, it was just. I guess it was through the school or or possibly. 
so our string quartet was was like a like I said it was like a scholarship thing and so right. it, like whoever maybe was giving us that money had had some kind of tie to it because it, it had some kind okay. of community minded right right okay part of the you know we that were supposed sense. to do outreach and stuff right. like that right so I don't know if it was the school who organized it or the person who was giving us the scholarship yeah it was called the Abe Frank Quartet okay yeah man that's really intense I mean that's a really it's just the scene I love that it went it went a different way that yeah <laughs> yeah and preparing. i definitely wouldn't qualify it as like the worst gig ever which is the name right. of your show but but it definitely stands out as like like wow how did i find myself here you know like again just i wasn't expecting that right um, now you were telling me just before we started recording um that you <laughs> you were looking into maybe doing a book yeah of a memorable not the, not necessarily the worst shows but just memorable which i assume can memorable. be sort of value neutral yeah like yeah. good or good yeah, or bad just, shows yeah just just what stands out um uh-huh well is there was there anything that you heard oh gosh i mean um so yeah so yeah like i was telling you i um i mean just really honestly most of my friends are musicians right. and many of them you know continue to gig regularly and yeah. yeah and I just started thinking we all have these stories to tell I'm sure just of where right. you know a what what I mean being in LA many many people are they're, they're making a living doing this and so it's like what what will people do for a paycheck right you know what right. are people willing to do really what inspired it is another potentially worst gig ever um something that i ended up backing out of um i was approached by someone who actually worked at CalArts, i think in the registrar's department or something and he like kind of cornered me one night at like an art gallery opening and he was like so you play cello right and i like i didn't i never met this person and yeah and um and he's like yeah so you know me and my wife have this like internet thing that we do um and this was like in early 2000s so it wasn't like social media was a big thing right. then, but we have this like internet thing we make videos you know like foot fetish videos and he's like and i was just thinking like oh man cello would be like so cool you know like would you be willing to like play your cello and like you know like rub your feet on your cello like while you played and and maybe my wife, you know, like she's not creepy at all, but like she'll maybe like drizzle some chocolate on your toes and stuff like while, <laughs> while you play and okay, um, you know, and like maybe like you know if you're okay, like maybe put your toes in your mouth or something and like you know, and he was like starting to get like pretty detailed, and I was just like, dude, I'm not like the right person. It's <laughs> like you know, good luck. I don't know. It was more like it, a lot of it was just his energy. Like it's just like we we have. I don't even know your name yet, and you've just like gone right into this thing. Like you know, I'm just. Straight into fetish video. Yeah, it was just like, like little, like, too soon, too soon. Like, I'm not ready to go there. Okay, um, yeah. Yeah, so it, it kind of creeped me out, and I was like, oh, no, you know. So that that might have been the worst video, possible But you didn't game. do that show. But I, but I backed out. And that was probably a good call. Yeah, yeah. I feel like my first thought was, 
I wonder if he's actually got a wife or if like, right. if, like the, the story changes and then you get there you're like, yeah, my wife couldn't make it. Right, but, um, right. But I'm... I'm but yeah. here's my buddy Jake and he's <laughs> going to film and if maybe if I can just put my toes in your mouth or what do you think about that? But we still love the cello idea. Yeah. Um, <laughs> man, I lived in New York briefly in like 2007 and uh, when I when I moved there, I'd moved there from Nashville, and I'd been playing in this group um, that was it's called the CJ Boyd Sextet, and it was I don't oh you met you were doing that when I first met yeah you. so around that time mm-hmm. and in Nashville um, the group had been four cellists and me playing bass and then. Um, there were a couple of people who came and went a little bit. There was my buddy Enoch who played like saw and kalimba and sometimes percussion. And then there was this woman, Jamie, who played piano. Both of them were in it part of the time, but it was always like four cellists and bass and then somebody else. And then um, when I moved to Na- when I moved to New York from Nashville, I still sort of didn't know. I wanted to keep doing that project, but it, it had been sort of a set group and then that was sort of the beginning of me saying like well maybe I'll do this project with different people that that can kind of just like rotating yeah Yeah. but so and you I think you knew this but I imagine we talked about it at the time because you met other members of the band too I think that year yeah like uh, Bindi and I actually don't think I ever met anyone in the sex type but you told me I thought maybe the year that because there was one year that we played that was right around that time that Uh I met you but it might have been after yeah um yeah I'm pretty sure I didn't meet anyone well so we played nude some of the time and I remember you sending me was it like a MySpace page or something like Might way back then? If, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and you had like nude photos of yeah your band performing and stuff. I figured it was, yeah. that was all you did. Uh, you it wasn't all. No, yeah. it started out. It was weird. It was like an experiment. It was definitely like more of a attempt to like kind of figure things out with regard to like the relationship between sexuality and music. And when it started, we weren't doing that. And then. My girlfriend at the time, Sarah, we were talking about it a lot and kind of decided to take it in that direction. And then there were some people who had been in the band who were like, yeah, I don't want to do that. No, thanks. <laughs> and we're like, okay, that's fair. But like, we want to do this. So then we'll find people who do want to do that. Yeah. So yeah, we had the MySpace thing. And we were both, I mean, I certainly was like kind of naive sometimes about like the whole, everything just seemed like interesting to me. And I wasn't really... <laughs> always very careful about you know presenting it and like potentially looking like a total creep <laughs> to people you know but anyway like when you were when you were presenting the performance of it or no, when you that were part asking I, people to be a part that, of the band that was something I became super self-conscious of later it's like it's weird because I want it to always be men and women but I also feel like a creep ever asking women right. to play naked with me yeah. <laughs> like that will doesn't be my band and will you yeah, I just feel like that's not a not a conversation. So like I'd how how have. would you do it? Well what I was gonna say is when I had just moved to New York, I hadn't actually done it yet. I was still sort of like this worked when it was me and my girlfriend who wanted to do it. There's just something about that like if there's already a woman involved versus like the being a dude mm. solo and yeah. asking and it felt weirder. Right. And so I hadn't found 
I hadn't asked it. I don't think I had asked anybody. I, if I had, they had said no, but I don't think I had asked anybody yet. And there was this guy that found our MySpace page. Mm-hmm. He organized clothing optional dinners in New York City okay. and wanted us to play. And he was like, this would be perfect for, like, I run these dinners, would you guys come play? It'd be, you know, so fitting. And I had to tell him, like, I don't really have a band right now. Um, I was doing this in Nashville, I just moved to New York, but I don't, I have a bass, but I don't, I don't have any cellists. Mm-hmm. So he was kind of like, definitely disappointed that there were no cellists involved, <laughs> and also no women. But I was curious. I mean, I had only done these shows where we were, where we played nude, and that was really the the experience was always about like other people, hopefully, sort of adjusting to the nudity and just like having a kind of having a an experience of the like vulnerability mm-hmm. and of of the. I mean, it was sensual, but it like it wasn't supposed to be sexy or anything like that. It was right. definitely more about being vulnerable and being kind of raw and just with no disguise but I had never had the experience of there being an audience that was nude and I was curious about it mm. I was like yeah. I wonder how that changes he things you know a yeah and so I wanted to do it and he he kind of didn't want I mean he was like he ended up letting me do it it was like it went from him requesting a thing for me to him being like I mean you can play if you want like I'm not gonna pay you <laughs> and I did it anyway um, but I went to that and then, and did it and it was like, it was interesting, but I think one of the things that I took away from it is it was all, it was almost all really old people. And so that ended up being a factor that I hadn't really considered trying to factor in, you know, mm-hmm. like, or it was like, Like oh. really old meaning 60s? Yeah, like 60s like and the... 70s probably. Okay. Maybe, I mean, some younger. Yeah. Okay. But there was one guy who was like the only person other... There were maybe two people that were, say, under 30. Hmm. And me and this guy and this one woman. But the, the the woman, I think, was a reporter who was maybe just like observing the thing and not really involved in it. So I ended up kind of talking to him about this experience. And he, he ended up suggesting that I play at the... Um, I think it's just called the New York... Gay and Lesbian Center, for this, uh, he he ran a night there. It was like a, like a cocktail night, that was called, Man, which was males au natural, <laughs> and so, <laughs> nice. he was letting me know this would be a different situation because it would be younger folks. It would also be all men, like, pretty much all gay men. Yeah. So I said, you know, I'm game. I. I'm interested in this weird thing that I'm doing now, yeah. <laughs> like playing nude for nude people. Uh, sure, I'll go do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at that one, and this is what it made me think of, is there was a guy who was, who like introduced himself to me as a photographer. And I'm sure, like, I'm sure that beautiful women get this all the time. I, as a guy, had never got this before, where he, he was definitely trying to impress me about him being a photographer and wanted me to come over and model nude for him and kept like make trying to make sure that I understood it was totally professional, right. not creepy Price, at all, yeah. just 
just modeling and, and yeah. I was broke. I was super poor and he was going to pay he was me. offering you money. Okay. Yeah, it was like 75 or $80 yeah. an hour. And I was like, yeah, I guess I'll do that. <laughs> and that's... this was in another space. Not yeah, this was like yeah. come to his apartment oh, okay. at some point and like do this thing. Yeah. So yeah, I. See, that's where I would be like, no, sorry. Yeah, I can't pro- do that. that's probably. I mean, and this is, I will say again, as a, as a dude, it's, I think it's a little bit different. I was like, I was sizing the guy up. Like, yeah. could I take him if I needed to? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. like I mean, you know, who knows? Sometimes. If he really was a total fucking like creep rapist or something, like yeah. if he had a weapon or something, I'd I don't know what I'd do. But yeah. I was I was assessing. I was like, I'm definitely not interested in having sex with this guy. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he is interested in that. But, but I felt don't like you could navigate it. But I don't think he's gonna like I think he's hoping for that. I it doesn't seem like he's, you know, Expecting scheming either. for yeah. that <laughs> necessarily. So I decided to do it because I needed the money. Going back to your comment about about what do people do for money, yeah. um, and I was curious. I was like, I had never modeled before. Mm-hmm. I mean, I still haven't. You know, I've done, actually since then. I've once done a, like a drawing class, mm-hmm. which was way harder because um, you have to stand still for a really long time. <laughs> this was easy because you it's taking photographs. Taking pictures, so you can yeah. stand still for three seconds and you're fine. Mm-hmm. However, <laughs> I just remembered. So we go do it, and he had showed me his work, and it was terrible. It was awful. <laughs> so, so bad. He had been, like, Photoshopping. So he'd, like, take pictures of people, you know, in his apartment, like, on his bed and stuff. And then he'd Photoshop them into these other scenarios, just, like, in the desert oh, or, like... Nice in the jungle or whatever like with the bed or just the person I don't remember it just I think just the person but they were I mean he was clear about they're supposed to be erotic it's definitely supposed okay. to be erotic but also artistic yeah right and they were terrible they were really really <laughs> bad but I was like okay $80 an hour that's fucking yeah. I'm not gonna get another job for like for that kind of money there's nothing I've ever done that made $80 an hour so all right, I'll be part of your terrible art. But then we go, we're shooting. He's like, you know, and I get naked and he's taking pictures. But the whole time, so in my head, I'm just sort of like on guard. I'm a little bit like, sure. yeah. I'm doing this because I want the money and it's an unusual experience. It is a kind of funny thing that I get to tell my friends. Right. Like I modeled nude recently. That was cool to me. But I'm kind of like, I don't know this guy at all, and so I'm also kind of just like watching. Yeah. And at some point, very early on, like he'd taken a few photos, but at some point he's like, "So, um, one little problem, uh, you know, women can, women can pretend to be turned on, you know, they can, they can just, they can fake it if they need to. With a man, it's pretty clear." If you're not, mm-hmm. because, uh, and he's sort of, you know, pointing yeah. to my penis, and which is very flaccid, it's definitely, and I was like, yeah, I'm definitely not turned on. I'm like, yeah. I'm probably 26, 27, probably 27, in the, like, fancy apartment of this, like, 55-year-old kind of creepy dude. 
And I mean, I put myself there. I'm not, that's like, this is a choice I made. But you didn't tell me I had to be turned on. (laughs) And he's, but he's just like, yeah, I mean, it's supposed to be erotic. Erotic. And it's not erotic if you're clearly, you know. (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, okay. And then he's like offering to help. And I'm like, it's cool. Give me a second. I'm trying to like think sexy thoughts, (laughs) but like, you know. Think sexy thoughts, touch myself, but still be aware of him. Like, I'm in this guy's apartment right now. It didn't work. It was not working. So, you know, we we cut the film. He still paid me for the hour, I think. and um, But we cut it short. And I don't remember how we left it. If it was like, okay, well, this didn't work. Sorry. Yeah, handshake. I don't remember what exactly, but I left and it was like, okay, that sucks that I probably can't do that again because um, I don't know that I can get a boner in front of that guy like watching me. It just doesn't feel sexy times at all. So then I remember having the idea. I was seeing this woman at the time named Mara and I I was telling her about the whole thing and I was like, he had said something about sometimes photographing couples. And I told her about the whole thing. I was like, would you want to do something like this? Now, Mara had also, I think at the time, was working at like some kind of, not topless bar, but something in that, I don't remember, I don't think it was topless, but I feel like it was something where she was definitely like the hot girl waitress who was very scantily clad. Right. Like that was definitely the point. Um, and it may have even also been a strip club, though I don't think she was stripping. I think she was waitressing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember exactly, but it was something where she was also in that, writing that line of like, mm-hmm. I need to make money. Cause mm-hmm. She was like, now I was living out of my van. She was living in Manhattan with like $2,000 rent for a studio. So mm-hmm. like she had to make that money right. even more than I had to make that money. Um, so we were talking about it and she's like, yeah. Yeah, I would do that. Like, she, I think also for both of us, it was like, we'd also both feel safer if both of us were there than if either of us was alone. Like, I definitely wouldn't, like, put her alone with the dude or anything. Although, she'd probably be safer than I was. He didn't Um, have interest in ladies. He didn't seem interested in ladies at all. So I call him, and I, I propose this thing, and he seems like he's into it. And then, I don't remember exactly what happened, but, like, the day of... He canceled. He decided he wasn't really, didn't really want to do it. And so I kind of felt like, okay, well, yeah, maybe. Maybe that's not what he was having for yeah. in the first place. I mean, he, I think he was just not stoked about the idea of like me and my lady friend like yeah. getting naked together. You know? Well, I mean, if his thing was like male erotica. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. I think it was, but he had said something about couples, and I thought when he said it, it sounded pretty open, like it could be mm-hmm. gay or straight or whatever. Um, but you're right. If that's really all of the pictures that I remember were just single guys mm-hmm. that he showed me beforehand, mm-hmm. like to get me kind of in the mood or like <laughs> in the zone of what right. he wanted me to do. But yeah, it just it reminded me that I just him. As soon as he approached me, I was like creeped out, but also like, uh, how poor am I? I'm pretty poor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll try that. Okay, I'll try it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So you told me though that earlier though that there's there was another story that you heard from somebody else yeah, that you for wanted me to share. It's, it's the doozy of, of stories that I've been told. Right. I have nothing to do with it, but it's not actually that far off from what you just told me. Okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, just well, just in the sense of yeah, weird fetish kind of thing. So um, yeah, just launching right into it. Um, my friend Harris, who is a drummer who lives in New York, mm-hmm. may or may not know him, and um, he had a band, um, kind of a jazz band, um, and they gigged around different parts of the country, but they happened to be in New Mexico, playing, I think in Santa Fe or something, and um, and they're just like, it's just like four dudes that are just like really unassuming, you know, just playing like creative jazz, like not standards at all, but just like improvising and, you know, yeah. kind of free stuff. Um, and this guy came up to him after the show and he's like, I love your music. You know, I think you'd be perfect for this party I'm having. I'd love you to be the house band. Um, I live in Paso Robles, California. Okay. Um, you know, my budget's like, you know, whatever you need kind of thing. Okay. Um, whatever you want. Um, he's like, but let me just tell you a little something about the gig. Um, so, uh, every year I have this big dinner party and it's kind of just like a celebration with old friends and, um, it's a big feast of like the best gourmet food that we can, you know, come up with gourmet chefs and everything. Mm -hmm. And he said, this year it's really special. And I don't know if it was like, I don't know, this year it's special. We're bringing a geisha from Japan. Um, and the whole idea is that uh, she's gonna be she's gonna fast for quite some time, okay. and so when she comes to the U.S., you know she'll come to Paso Robles, and um, it's like a multi-day thing where you know we're gonna all feast together on this like super immaculate food, um, and she will be allowed to eat this food with us, and this will be her first food for a while after fasting okay. <laughs> and um, and this will go on for a few days <clears throat> and basically the house band's job is uh, when it's time for her to take a shit um, after eating this food this will be her first shit for a while and it will be this food that you know they've all feasted on um, the house band's going to play while she you know, publicly or in front of this party will take a shit in a cup. Um, wow. And then uh, spoons will be passed out to everybody at the party and the house band's supposed to play while they all, like, eat her shit. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and, this, and, like, this guy's, like, inviting them to play at this gig and they're just standing there, like, floored, like, like, like you know. what? Yeah, like, are you serious? And he's like, I'm totally serious. Like, this is like, this is a thing. Like, they do. had done this before. Like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, um, was it new that she was from Japan or gay, or like, was the eating of the shit part of the? Yeah, that was like the thing. Is I mean, it was more about the food. Like it was like he was stressing this whole thing about this immaculate food that they were going to eat. So they wanted this geisha woman to, you know also eat this food and oh, then you said I heard you wrong I heard gay chef 
No, geisha. Geisha, totally a, a different Japanese thing. Japanese geisha. Okay. Yes. I to, heard geisha. From yeah, totally. this, this pure, pure woman. Is that okay? That's yeah, part a, of the... Japanese geisha is like a you know a virgin right. woman who's willing to give herself to you know. Well, it's not usually she's willing; it's whoever's selling her. Right. You know, to someone, um, but okay. you know, it's usually like, I mean, her whole life is leading up to this point preparing her and so okay <clears throat> so she's this like perfect quote unquote perfect woman that's very pure and she's gonna come empty essentially uh-huh. and so they'll get to fill her with their food oh my god <laughs> so and weird. then and the, wow. and the idea is that she then shits it out and but these know, people had eaten shit before I, I don't think That's so the... oh, well I mean I, I'm assuming they hadn't this was like this was the big like bang to this party I don't know I have no I mean I've, I have no I mean, information I don't of... know medically exactly but I <laughs> don't think work. you can do that I think I don't care how pure or perfect this lady is she's still yeah. gonna take a shit and it's still gonna be poison it's still things your body can't have well, you'd think so. I mean, they were. I think they were just supposed to take a bite of it. I don't know. I. I'm I not saying you die, but I think you'd get yeah. sick. I. I think. Well, I think. Uh, I mean, I think of like you know, like my dogs like used to eat like animal shit. Yeah, you know? dogs have a very different stomach than humans. Yeah. I'm not positive, but I'm pretty sure you eat even a little bit of shit, and you're gonna get, you're gonna sick. get sick. You're not supposed to have that. That's not yeah. for you. <laughs> Haven't you ever seen that video, like the? What is it? Two girls, one cup, or something? I have not seen that video. Okay. I've heard well, it referenced. Is that? I didn't know that's what happens. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, every everything that can be done, someone's done it. Right. I'm, I'm aware, but that's that's wow. Yeah, they didn't take the gig. They didn't take the gig. <laughs> they now they weren't it. expected to eat it. No, they were just supposed to like bring in the cheer. I think to I would it. totally take that gig. Yeah, I because it'd maybe be would have too weird not yeah. to. I'd be like, I wouldn't want to do it by myself. No, I mean it was a quartet. Like they all would have been flown there from New Mexico. And yeah, like, yeah, put up and everything. Yeah, I know, and they didn't. They didn't do it. I I think I would have probably done it too. But what have you had? An, do you think you would have had an easy time putting your band together? <laughs> I feel like if if it sounds like money's no problem, like it, I know a lot of poor musicians <laughs> and poor musicians who like a good story. I feel like that's one of those things yeah. where at the end of the day you get to say, I watched a bunch of dudes eat this geisha shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I mean, how weird see, is and that? I would have I would would have been on board with that too, just because I would have been thinking like okay, I'm going to talk about this for the rest of my life. Yeah. Like, I can't miss this. I mean, that was my approach to the whole, like, clothing optional dinner and the, like, the males on natural. With both of those things, I was like, okay, that's a weird thing that I'll do <laughs> yeah. because Why not? I live in New York yeah. and that's weird and I'm 27 and that's, right. that's story material right there. Yeah. The same guy who told me about the, the all-male cocktail party had also told me about a sex party that happened in Park Slope. And I was curious about the contrast of like a bunch of old naked people where it was the least sexual situation I'd ever imagined because everyone was kind of geriatric. And they were just there to eat dinner? Yeah. But without clothes on? They were just eccentric New York rich people 
who liked to be naked in public and could in this particular case. Like, and I was interested. He, he told me about a sex party and I was like, it'd be interesting to play at a sex party. Like, it'd be interesting to try to be the soundtrack to people's like sexual evening, Mm -hmm. which I did and was not anywhere near what I thought it was going to be. It's way more difficult. I mean, I hadn't fully anticipated how just random it would be. It's not like one orchestrated sort of orgy thing. It was just like, there's a couple over there of like a guy and a woman like having super rough, crazy sex. There's like a guy and two women who are like, just kind of fondling each other. Like little pods of people. Nice over here. There's like two guys like over here. There's all these different things happening at various speeds and intensities <laughs> and volumes and trying to like, I mean, I, I approached it like if you've ever tried to like improvise with dancers. Mm-hmm. Have you, is that right. something? I'm going to watch you and just like. Yeah, where like you watch each other. Right. I mean, I knew it would be one-sided. Yeah. But I knew, I knew they weren't going to be. Well, no, I thought, you know, this, if you were going at it and there's certain music, maybe that would influence the sure. way you go at it or something. I was, I was open to that. But it was just chaos. <laughs> I got there. And, and then I felt, of course, the other thing I didn't anticipate is like with dancers it's appropriate to watch them i'm here at a sex club or not a sex club it's like a basement that somebody was using for a sex party there were all kinds of people doing their thing and i did not feel like it was appropriate for me to watch them i mean they were doing it voyeur wasn't wasn't yeah like like they clearly want to do this in public like that was i think part of it but at the same time, I still felt creepy if I was just like watching, watching. them to try to like make the music match what right. they're doing. Right. I just was like, oh, I feel like an asshole right now. I'm gross. I'm gross. I'm the problem. So, <laughs> the you know, problem. yeah, I didn't feel good. I didn't feel good at all. And I just kind of ended up like putting my head down and kind of playing and totally ignoring what was happening, right. which was the opposite of why I had you ventured into this it. weird unusual experience you know but I learned I was like okay so I've done that now (laughs) don't need to try that again Um, but yeah I feel like a lot of I've made a lot of decisions that were based on like huh that's unusual how can I not do that I guess I'll just I'll do that just gotta go for it yeah if I'm you know if I don't feel like I'm gonna get mauled or killed or something like Mm -hmm. yeah I now the I don't know very much about the geisha thing. Uh, I didn't realize it was supposed to be so it's like a virgin who's been like is yeah. like property. I mean, yeah, I mean, essentially, like a, a geisha is is brought up in a. Um, it's like it's like a very very expensive prostitute, um, but it's usually you know it's not necessarily the geisha's choice. I mean, this is just the life she is raised in. Right, and but she's I mean, taken like, very well cared for because it's all about like her being as pure and as beautiful as possible. Right. So you know, but I remember like learning that like geishas have to sleep like with their heads like on, you know, oftentimes they have to like sleep with their heads like lifted just to so that they never develop wrinkles on their neck and huh. um, you know and they'll do and you know and usually 
like the oldest geisha will be early 20s or something okay. um, and once you know and then like a very wealthy businessman will will pay a large sum of money to have the geisha's virginity but so like just one time yeah i mean well i, I guess i don't know that for sure but um but the largest sum is paid for that first time okay and you know and it probably involves like dinner and like you know like a whole courting thing but it's it's essentially prostitution you know but with this very perfect image of what like purity is but it still sounds more like sex trap or i'm, I'm guessing yeah, more yeah. like sex trafficking yeah than but it's prostitution um, yeah but like for sense? so long uh, yeah i mean i'm sure there's a lot of reading that one could do about yeah it. Um, I mean, I've heard, I've know of that there's things geishas, but it's never. I'm, I guess I've never really gotten into it. I didn't know. I didn't know it was involuntary, and I didn't know it was. Yeah, I mean, I think they're brought up from being young girls. Yeah. And, yeah, so it's like you're basically born into it. It's a it's a class huh. class kind of thing, right. you know, perhaps and. So that I guess that's the part that I if I was gonna not do it, that'd be the part that got me to not do it. <laughs> I don't know. Was the geisha part? Yeah, like, I don't know if I want to be part of anything with that. Yeah. Um, if she's there as, like, no choice of her own, that's a whole... It's very different. Yeah, yeah, If it's If it's is a prostitute, somebody who wants to be a prostitute and is choosing to do that, I feel differently about it. But if you're talking about somebody who's, like, born into this or sold into yeah. this, that's... Even if all, all she has to do is eat a bunch of food and then poop in a glass... I mean, that's super weird, and I like super weird. I'm just saying, if the situation is such that she's this is a choice of hers, I feel very differently about it than if someone she's someone has she's purchased you this, and yeah. like you're now somebody's like property. property. That yeah. sounds that's terrible. I'm not into that. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think. I think we can wrap it up there. That's that's um, that's a really weird story. Yeah, I have to say I've heard a few pretty weird stories for this podcast. Um, that might be the weirdest. Yeah. As far as yeah. I know. I mean, I was kind of like, well, I know of this. You know, I have nothing to do with it. But right, it's a friend of yours. That's fine. Yeah. I mean, the whole premise. I mean, we talked earlier about, you know, you wanted to do most memorable shows for whatever reason I've decided worse shows because I think that people like hearing about terrible things that happen to other people when it's not them uh-huh. but there's something about it being musicians it's also like well this is the thing we choose right we we decide to do this with our lives and yeah. so we put ourselves in also some strange circumstances mm-hmm. like that wouldn't happen to just anybody right. <laughs> to get offered oh. right yeah. um but yeah, I mean, this guy was honestly, apparently, honestly, like, moved by these guys' music and just right. thought it seemed like the perfect fit to this, you know, thing that was going to happen. And Huh. Yeah. I mean, it does sound kind of like a David Lynch movie <gasps> where there would be some, like, free jazz playing or something. That's, when you pick, when you said it, I sort of did picture, like, some weird, yeah, kind of Lynchian moment of okay and then she comes out and takes a shit and everyone gets a spoon and I picture I mean I guess everybody knows like everyone signed up for that they're all like I believe so and yeah. then we're gonna get 
a spoon. Yeah. And you mentioned earlier that it was all dudes. Like, I don't even know if it was necessarily all dudes. Like, it, it might have been, like, men and women who were at this party. So I... I have a hard time picturing that. <gasps> I mean, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like... Don't get me wrong. There's some fucked up women in the world, too. I feel like one of the things that men have the... Uh, have the market cornered on. <laughs> it's just like how fucked up. <laughs> like, like it's hard to the geisha thing on it. Even that as an institution, you know. Like, can you think of something that women do like that to like raise people in? Well, women raise geishas. Okay. So it's like a it's a matriarch thing, but, but for I men. Think it's, but it's for men. For purely men. for men. Right, and but the the you're saying like the madams or whatever yeah, are, yeah. yeah, yeah, matriarch hardly, but madam yes, o- owner. Yeah, and don't get me wrong, I'm I'm very like sex worker positive in general. Like I think if you're gonna get that money, get that money. You gotta get it, and we all we all sell ourselves in some way. Mm-hmm. But like the that there's an institution of like where men want. To, to fuck bad to, enough to own to like and, own a yeah. woman even if it's for a night yeah. like that's a fucked up thing I don't have any judgment towards yeah. well, and the also workers the fact but that I basically do have basically after that towards, night she's she's worthless she's like spent done like unattractive un, unmarriable un everything so what does she do do you have any idea what I don't huh Again, there's probably a lot of, you know, I mean, I, I know there's a lot of things written about geishas. Yeah. I had, I really, I remember when that movie came out, which I think was a very Hollywood version, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but I don't know. I yeah. didn't see it or anything. Me neither. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, it's a weird world. <laughs> we live humans. In, yeah. yeah. Humans. All right. Well, Good thanks. Talk. Thanks. Good, Good talk. Good talk. <laughs> we went there, I guess. <laughs> uh, thanks for being a part of this, Jessica. And thanks to Henry for not scratching me. This episode of Worst Show Ever was made possible by the Patreon pledges of Dewana Flyman, Meg Roberts, Christina Poez, and Evan Quayberg. If you'd like to support this endeavor, please go to patreon.com slash worst show ever.